All right, let's do this. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of Locked on Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg. On today's show, we are doing another mock trade negotiation. On the heels of the recent Goran Dragic trade rumors, I join Evid Sidery of Locked on Suns to put together a mock trade that sends Dragic back to Phoenix. Then after that, I'll be joined by David Ramil, my usual co-host, to grade the trade. And which, knowing David, I'm sure he won't be a fan of whatever it is that Evan and I agree to. But let's get to it. We're first with Evan. Then I'll be joined by David. Thanks, of course, for listening and for subscribing. Now let's get to the show. You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let me throw the GM pound you before we even go into the mock trade negotiation. If you're in Pat Riley's shoes, Wes... Do you blow up this core this year? Uh, well, that's kind of that's really priming this conversation that we're about to have, right? Because that's kind of what it all it kind of all falls back on. Uh, I go back and forth between this, honestly, man. I wish I had a hotter take for you, but it's at some point you kind of want to see what this veteran group can do. There is, if, if Pat Riley is right, and more often times than not in his career he has been right, then there is value in continuity that we haven't seen yet. The Heat were very injured last year. And not only with Deion Waiters, but Hassan Whiteside was playing hurt all season. Um, A bunch of guys missed a lot of games. If they can get this group healthy, I'd like to see what they can do. I'd like to see what healthy Whiteside can do. I'd like to see what Deion Waiters can do when he's healthy. If that, or if that like the last 30 games two years ago is just a fluke for him. Um, But I wouldn't say blow it up now. I would say that the the best way to go about this is if by February, by the midseason trade deadline, this group hasn't taken a noticeable step forward, then I think you move to go ahead and try to blow this thing up. Um, there's no trade, right? Most of the dust is settled. Most of the teams in the league right now are, are pretty much set with their roster. There isn't a trade that you can make right now that probably won't be available at the trade deadline. If anything, there'll probably be more trades available. At the trade deadline, maybe you can move a guy like Whiteside or Dragic if we don't move him sooner. You can move guys that can contribute immediately to a, a, a contending team that might be dealing with an injury to one of their position players or or whatever it might be. So I would say, no, I would not blow it up now. I would wait for the trade deadline and then ask that question to me again, you know, closer in January or February. Well, I'm in Ryan McDonough's shoes for this exercise, and I'm in kind of desperation mode. My point guard rotation is Shaq Harrison Elia Kobo, D'Anthony Melton, 15 total starts between all three of those guys, two of which are rookies. Harrison can't shoot. He's a good defender, but Okobo and Melton, like I said, are rookies, and I, I, don't, I can't trust them as early on to be starting quality point guards, at least this early in their development. So Pat Riley, Wes, I'm going to call you up right now, and I'm offering what, – what, first, before I even ask what I'm offering first up, what would it take for you to listen about Goran Dragic? Well, if you look at what Miami's needs are, we're looking basically for a superstar or cap relief. And, you know, the draft assets were a part of that. I think that there's still a need there for draft assets, but I don't know if it's a particular motivator to move on from somebody like Goran Dragic. I think, if anything, we're, again, looking to upgrade the roster via a superstar player, somebody who could be a superstar within the next couple of years, or, again, cap relief. And so, and that, that clears the decks enough so that we could be a real player in this next free agency. And frankly, you know, if we move Goran Dragic, that's a good first step of clearing 18 plus million dollars off the cap next year. But it still doesn't get Miami anywhere clear, anywhere near max cap space. So, that, you know, there's have to be, 
you know, some subsequent deals after that. So with that in mind, I have to ask you first and foremost, you're not trading Devin Booker for Goran Dragic, right? Not a chance. Or not, and not DeAndre Ayton for Devin, uh, for, for Goran Dragic. So that's basically your two all superstar caliber players, right? Josh Jackson's a nice guy, hasn't shown enough his first year. Um, to warrant being called superstar potential, but those, so, but between those two guys, obviously you're not trading them for Dragic, so you can cross superstar off that list. We're not getting that in this deal. Let me throw my first offer your way, and I think it's actually a good one for you because you do get that that first step of cap relief, and these are all expiring deals for you. I, I can counter back if you want me to, but let me think here about what you say here, and it's Goran Dragic for Tyson Chandler, the expiring contract of Darrell Arthur. 2019 Suns second round pick unprotected, 2020 Bucks pick via the via the Suns. Right, that Bucks pick is the first rounder that is technically due in 2019, but it's so heavily protected, it's probably going to convey in 2020. Yeah, right. Odds are, yeah, yeah. Um, that gets us pretty close. It it's a good starting point. Um, I think that yeah, we're clearing if you. You know, we're looking at clearing eighteen to nineteen million dollars next year. If we probably buy out Tyson Chandler, if that were the case, we'd be fine with doing that. Um, the pick is okay. It's not that valuable considering it's Milwaukee's pick, and we expect them to take a pretty nice leap in the Eastern Conference. We're probably looking at somewhere between I don't know the twenty third and twenty eighth pick. You know, best case scenario for them. So. I'm not sure that's going to do a whole lot. So we're really only getting a little bit of cap space there. We'd like to find a way to either get more draft assets out of the deal to where we feel like that pick could lead to a, a potential superstar or get more cap relief out of it. So so you, how close are we, would you say? Would you would you be willing to take on another salary in addition to, to obviously you're getting Goran Dragic. That doesn't count as a salary for you guys. Would you be willing to take on a Dion waiters, for example, how many years does he have left? It looks like three between and he's making 11 and a half to 12 million each year. You would have to take on TJ Warren, but I would need yeah. to, I would need some draft capital back as well. Cause Warren's a better player than waiters. What about, well, let me ask you this first. Would you prefer, if you had to pick, if you, would you prefer having the Dion Waiters at about $12 million a year for the next three years or Tyler Johnson at $19 million a year for two years? So after this year, it'll be an expiring next year. Taking off the GM hat here for a second, it, would Dion be content, you think, being a six-man? <sighs> yeah, I think he would in the right situation. I mean, he was happy with it in Oklahoma City. Um you know, and so, but that's because he had to play behind basically Russell Westbrook. Um, if he's playing behind Devin Booker and Goran Dragic, I could see it. Um, or behind like, you know, Devin Booker, Goran Dragic, and Josh Jackson, if that's your starting kind of perimeter trio there. It's honestly pretty tough. The biggest thing with Dion is that he's coming off of an ankle injury uh, and he had surgery on that. He's looking pretty good in the summer, but. That would be he would have to you know pass the physical and get back into playing shape and he might not be ready for the start of the season. Preferably, if I'm being honest, I would not want to take on an additional salary like Johnson or Waiters just because I, I want to keep that max. The Suns have max cap space availabilities for next summer if they just stretch Ryan Anderson's contract, so I want to keep that available to them. So, what what, what would you counter back? For, you know, I don't want extra salary back. If 
Unless it's like a young guy you don't want. Yeah, not really. Because the, the Deion Waiters and the Tyler Johnson contracts are the big ones. James Johnson is another contract, but he's actually, he's actually a helpful player, at least for us. But we would be willing to, you know, move on from James Johnson if, if it made sense for you guys. I just don't know how he fits with what you guys are trying to do. Um, let's see. Yeah, because the counter I would have would be Dragic and Deion Waiters for Tyson Chandler, TJ Warren, and a pick. I, I would seriously consider that, but just thinking about what the GM would do, because uh, I, I don't want Dion's contract. That's the thing. So I would say no thanks. I want some draft capital back from you as well. Yeah, draft capital we just really don't have at this point. Um, so where are we right now? We're at Goran Dragic for Tyson Chandler. Darrell Arthur's and contract and the, the Bucks pick and the Suns second round pick. Arthur making? Seven and a half million, but you can buy them out. Okay. And it was a 2020 pick and what else? The Suns second round pick, which would probably be like top 40, top 45. In 2019? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's still, again, the problem I have with that is that we're not getting anything closer to a superstar player. What a... Obviously, what I would counter with then is your pick, right? Because we expect that you guys will be picking higher than Milwaukee next year. Could We could protect it, obviously, but we'd like to at least have the chance of it landing in the lottery. Would you do, like, would you do Dragic for, you know, the, those expiring deals that make the math work? And then just one of your first round picks protected one through seven? For 2019 or 2020? Either or. Ooh. I would do the Suns 2020 pick, but I want full lottery protections on it. Mm. No, see, that's the reason is we need we need to at least get in the lottery or have the chance to get in the lottery because that leads us to one of our two things, right? The cap relief for the superstar. And we're not getting enough cap relief because you're not taking on a Waiters or a Tyler Johnson. So we need to have the potential at least to get to a superstar player. So we can protect it. We can protect it maybe one through – we can lottery protect it this year. And so if you guys make the playoffs, surprisingly in the West, it'll convey and you guys kind of get out scot-free. And then maybe in 2020, it's, it's you know, top seven protected and we have that, we still have a chance to land one of the other seven picks in the lottery. What's your thoughts on Elio Kobo and D'Anthony Milton? They're fine. They don't, <laughs> I don't think, but I don't think any of them are superstars. That seem, those guys seem sort of like throw-in trades, sort of like how the Ryan Anderson trade worked out for you guys. Okay, so um, let me think here. The other option is Josh Jackson. No, I'm not. I'm not trading him. Okay. All right. Um. So ch- we're on Chandler, Darrell Arthur, 2019 Suns second round pick. Um. So you want you'd rather do the Suns pick than the Bucks pick, right? Yeah, basically what we're asking you is take that take your Milwaukee pick for 2020 and your Suns pick for this next year and then just instead in, up combine those two, upgrade it to a Suns first round pick that has the potential to land in the lottery so that we actually have the chance to maybe land, you know, a nice young prospect down the down the road. All right, since it's a first round pick, I'll take my Second round pick for 2019 off the table. So I'll just offer Chandler, Darrell Arthur, 2020 top seven protected Suns first round pick for Goran Dragic. But 
is the 2019 lottery protected? Because I think that's how we have to trade it. And then a 2020 top seven protected. Ooh. I mean, that's honestly better for you. Yeah. Because I, you guys I, somehow make the playoffs. So either way, it's gonna. you guys aren't making the playoffs this year. No. So 2020 top seven protected is what we're looking at. Yeah. Lottery protected now, 2020 top seven. Okay. And then if it somehow falls within the top, if it, if it falls within the top 20 and you guys keep it, then in 2021, it conveys to unprotected. That, that sounds fine by me. Yeah, that works for me. All right. Then I think we have a deal. Wow. Okay. I like that. <laughs> so just, so now what I'm, so now what I'm going to do, right, is I've now got a pick that can very well turn into a lottery pick for us. And so we're going to hope that that pans out and we end up getting a, a nice player out of that. But now I also have the ammo to turn around and shop one of my own picks, right? One of my own heat picks, which we hope are not, is not going to land as high as the Suns pick the next couple of years. I can now turn around and use that to shop one of Tyson Chandler or Hassan Whiteside to get a further cap relief. And now I've accomplished both things that I'm looking at the, the potential for a superstar, even though we're very far from that. Um, and, and some additional cap relief. So I'm able to trade to get off of Dragic, Dragic's $18 million for next year. And potentially with the, with the first round pick of sweetener, maybe one of Whiteside or Tyler Johnson to another team. That actually makes a lot of sense as far as congruent moves coming up for the heat if this actually did happen you would probably use that pick or one of your own picks package together to get off of johnson or even someone like james johnson as well exactly so what would you think if this trade actually did go down wes what would you grade it for both sides here i would probably grade it a, a b for the make the heat um again there is no guarantee of having I'm kind of going back, and I, I may have been wiser to insist on an additional second-round pick to grease the wheels on a trade down the road for us. Um, I probably should have pushed a little harder for a second-rounder. And then, uh, and then again, there is no clear path to a superstar or cap relief uh, to land a superstar with. But, again, if, I, if I'm Pat Riley and I'm thinking that I do have – look, I've been, I've been on the phone trying to trade Whiteside and Tyler Johnson for the last several months. I probably have an idea of what I need to move one of those guys anyway – so if I think that adding one of the first-round picks that we have um, to one of those guys would make it happen, I think in, in whole it would still grade out pretty well. The trade individually, I'd give a B. Uh, for the Suns, I think that it, lo- it works out really well for you guys um, where you know you, you were still owed one of those picks from Miami. You moved it to Philadelphia, and now you're moving another pick back to Miami to get Dragic back. And so I think Suns fans might have an issue with that. But – if you look at what, if you look at what Phoenix is trying to do, they're trying to get more competitive right away, which is a nice goal to have. And then you're looking to try to develop other the rest of this roster. Having a guy like Goran Dragic not only is going to help the development of Devin Booker because now you can play him off the ball a little bit more. But we've seen routinely with big men in the NBA, they develop almost as well as their guards play for them and as well as their guards serve them. And right now, yeah, Devin Booker is showing some development running the pick and roll. But it'd be nice to have a, a, a veteran who. Is, who specializes in doing that to help DeAndre Ayton's uh, development as well. And, and again, Dragic can shoot pretty well from the perimeter. So that helps space the floor when you guys, when you have guys like TJ Warren and Josh Jackson on the court. Um, so I think he's, he's a great fit, actually. Dragic is almost the perfect point guard for what Phoenix is trying to do because he's also not, ta- he's not a high usage player. He's not going to take looks away from Devin Booker. Um, Devin Booker can remain the alpha dog on offense and Dragic is just fine with that. 
And then he knows uh, Igor Kokoskov. He's got that relationship um, from Eurobasket. And so I think Dragic will also provide a nice veteran, veteran locker room presence for that group, which, again, is huge for the development of a young team. Yeah, especially guys like D'Anthony Mel and Elia Kobo for at least two years. He's a perfect guy to mentor for, at least in Igor's offensive scheme, which Dragic flourished in last fall in Eurobasket. So I appreciate Conte, Wes. I think we'll wrap it up at that. We're probably getting here close to time. So I appreciate you coming on, Wes. And if this actually does come to fruition, we'll say we had it first. (laughs) I love doing these hypothetical trades. They're a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on, Evan. Yeah, no problem. So to recap the trade, it was Tyson Chandler and Darrell Arthur, both of them expiring contracts, plus a future pick from Phoenix. It's a lottery protected in 2019, top seven protected in 2020, and then fully unprotected in 2021. That's Phoenix's pick. David, what do you think about my trade? Well, I I think you know where I'm going with this. Obviously, I've been a, a, a very vocal opponent about trading Gorman in the first place just because I like his style of play. I like him as a player in person. I like his addition to the team. And I don't think it's fair that the team that acquired him in 2015 kind of fell apart underneath him. Um, you know, he, he's done everything he could to make this a good, solid team and to be a good, solid leader and contributor. So trading him is something that I'm kind of opposed to from an ideological perspective. But I understand that there is also uh, another important perspective in that you want to be able to clear cap space there. So I would say that on the surface, I'm not happy with the trade, but I understand that you have something in mind. Like, look, Tyson Chandler isn't going to contribute um, unless you're trading away Hassan Whiteside right away. And you could potentially package a heat draft pick with Whiteside, make that uh, a little bit sweeter of a deal for a team willing to take on that contract. Um you know, maybe Tyson Chandler can play whatever months remain in his NBA career in Miami. That would be a little weird considering his contributions to the Mavericks in 2011, but whatever. Uh, you know, Daryl Arthur, like another guy that seems like, you know, he's never really stood out much. He's a great locker room guy, which is something that's, um, you know, that's that would be appealing to me. Maybe he can kind of mesh with Miami's players. And, you know, he, he was he played in Memphis briefly. So maybe he has a connection to James Johnson while he was there as well. So that should be interesting. But he's not really he's, he doesn't really move the needle in any way as a player. It's all about that pick. It's all about freeing up eventual cap space. And if you have to kind of unload Dragic's contract in order to get to that point, I understand the motivation. I just don't necessarily like it. Oh, yeah, no, it's definitely a hard pill to swallow, and uh, that is the idea, right, is that you get you get Goran Dragic you know, off the books for two expiring deals. And honestly, the, I, the way I envisioned it is that they could buy out Tyson Chandler and Darrell Arthur, mm. but they also didn't, they don't have to. They can hang on to him, see what happens with Wade and Haslam and these next either you know one to three roster spots that they have on yeah. the 15-man roster because those expiring contracts could be really worthwhile in a trade down the road, maybe closer to the trade deadline. Um, as well. So to have those two expirings helps maybe Miami make some deals down the road. And the one thing I did screw up on, I, I screwed up on accepting basically the one draft pick. I Really, if if it comes down to buying out Chandler and Darrell Arthur, all Miami is getting is a, a, a first round pick either two or three years down the road. And that to me isn't as, I think I could have gotten more. And I think I screwed up there. I either should have pushed for another second round pick or one of these young point guards that would become less of a, a less of an important roster piece for Phoenix if they get Dragic. So I should have pushed for either Elia Kobo or DeAnthony Melton, who I actually just got from Houston. I should have mm-hmm. got one of those guys. That's where I screwed up. Um, that's why you know 
Evan at the end uh, of our conversation asked me what I would grade myself, and I said I'd give me a B because I should have pushed for more, um, and I should have pushed for more. If if I would have gotten one sure thing, and I mean a sure thing is in just a player who would be on the roster beyond this season, would you have been a little bit more okay with it? Still no. You don't want to yeah, lose Gar Dragic. It's, it's hard to say. I, I mean, it's, I don't look at anything aside from you know Devin Booker and the potential of Michael Bridges. I, I don't know that you're, there's anything on that roster that's particularly enticing, to be honest with you. I'm not a big Josh Jackson fan. Um, I know that there's a lot of people sold in that potential, and I know he made somewhat of a a leap last year, but I I don't I don't know I I don't yeah. really see any young other young players moving the needle of particularly a long amount there. So I I don't know. I mean, is there somebody you mentioned Okobo? Uh, what about Devon Reed? Is he a guy that maybe? Yeah, I would have liked to have him. I should I should have just gotten one of those guys thrown in, and I didn't. I didn't even ask. That's where that's where I screwed up. I think it would I think he would have said yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Devon mean, Reed would have been nice, you know. UM guy would have been good to have him in Miami again. Um, yeah, that part. But at the end of the day, I mean, none of those guys are probably going to move the needle that much. It would have just been nice to have a player in return sure. who might be on the roster beyond just being a buyout guy like Tyson Chandler or Darrell Arthur. Um, yeah. But overall, look, I what I wanted to accomplish was either cap relief or a superstar player. Seeing as he wasn't trading Devin Booker for Goran Dragic. I figured, Surprised. yeah, right. I figured, well, get me a pick that is that that is going to land somewhere in the lottery, so that at least I have the opportunity to draft an all star player somewhere down the line. Right? It's just it's not an all star player. There's no guarantee, but there's a chance, and that's probably so. I get the chance of an all star player plus some cap relief plus the way that this would work out. And we've talked about this, I think, in our mailbag earlier this week. You do you do a deal like this, and then you go ahead, and you still don't have max cap space. But one more deal with one of these big contracts gets you max cap space. It basically gets you there, and so now Miami doesn't have to worry about they, they've got not only this pick that they could trade, but I wouldn't trade one of these picks by the way to just get off of Whiteside or Tyler Johnson. But I would trade one of the Heat picks. You know, you hold yeah. on to one of these, trade the, one of our future Heat picks, plus Tyler Johnson or plus. Hassan Whiteside to move one of those contracts. And now all of a sudden you've cleared off, you know, $40 million in cap space. Now you can start going and chasing one of these big time free agents. You know, part of the thing is that we've always come to expect Pat Riley to be this power hitter, you know, at the cleanup spot when it comes to trades and large franchise altering moves and, you know, getting Shaquille O'Neal or or trading for Alonzo Mourning and, and signing, of course, the big three in 2010. But maybe it's time to kind of shift that approach a little bit to more of a, a small ball and, and baseball sense where you're, you're just going for singles, stealing the occasional base, and kind of moving players slowly but surely so that you can still make these moves. And then eventually it turns into a, a big run, you know? Yeah, and that's what, he, uh, that's what he did. And then he just – and then he re-signed all those small bit players to huge contracts. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, uh, it's tricky. You know, I, I still – I'm still high on this team somewhat. You know, I know that it, they don't seem particularly exciting and it's hard to kind of see the same iteration of this team that went 30 and 11 two years ago and, and also 11 and 32 years ago and expect great things out of them. But I still like this team and, and the potential there. I know they're probably they're not going to contend for a title, but outside of Golden State, is there any team that's really realistically going to contend for a title? So I don't know. I, uh, you know, small moves like this. Not excited about it, but I understand that there's a bigger picture there. Yeah, and it gives Miami a chance to 
draft an exciting player, which would be something. I mean, at least that's something. But I'm I'm with you generally. I don't want to see Goran Dragic moved. My my theory going into that trade was to come to some sort of agreement. Otherwise, it would be sort of anticlimactic. Um, yeah. But uh, that's probably what it would look like. But it is interesting to know that Phoenix might be interested. I mean, it's it's the locked on Suns host. He doesn't represent the Suns front office, but he agrees that he would fit. Like Dragic would fit a lot of the, the needs that that team has. Um, but yeah, so that's where we're at. Um, yeah. We'll see how that actually what, what actually plays out there. But uh, that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening. As always, you can reach us by email at lockedonheat at gmail.com or on Twitter by using the hashtag AskLOHeat. Support the show by visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com slash lockedonheat. Music is courtesy of Mojave Wild. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining me, David. You got it, Wes. Thanks for listening. One last thing before you go. If you run a company and you're unhappy with your return from advertising online or in print, try something new and advertise on a podcast here at Locked on Heat. This is a great opportunity for local South Florida businesses to connect with Heat fans. More and more people are listening every day. 50% of U.S. households listen to a podcast, and one in five Americans between ages 18 and 49 listen to at least one a month. That's according to Nielsen. Thanks to the rise in mobile options from iTunes to Spotify and more, to your smart speaker at home, there's more ways than ever to listen to podcasts. Now is the time to get in. Be ahead of your competition and start advertising on a podcast with us. Our rates are reasonable and based on the number of listens, so you get what you pay for, with numbers to back it up. Whereas print, TV, and radio ads are a shot in the dark. You have no idea who is reading, watching, or listening. That's not the case with podcasts. If you want to reach engaged, passionate, and knowledgeable South Floridians, this is the way to do it. For more information on next steps, email us at lockedonheat at gmail.com, and we could be talking about your company on the next episode.